at long last my brothers. And potentially sisters, but based on the demographics that Spotify gives me, that's highly doubtful. Brothers, we gather again. Upon the bloodied landscape to celebrate our freedom. Though it may be brief and fading, weakening ever in the pathetic spittle wind of Brandon and his <laughs> lackeys, like the vaguely ethnic one who likes to sleep her way into positions in every sense of the word. Like the old one with the, the wispy hair who likes to talk about percentages for no reason. <laughs> the... Oh, thanks for joining us, Hunter. Yeah, I'm here. Some of the other ones, like the bald one, who's a woman, I think, or at least appears to be a woman, but might be any which thing that a, a person can be. Though they try, what with their vaults full of ice cream and vaccine mandates, <laughs> and their paternity leaves, to try and force us, to wear a dumb thing on our face all the time. We stand here today, a free Carl pooling. Proud and defiant. In no compliance with federal government. Hunter, are we a business of over 100 employees? Uh, checks. No. No. But still <laughs> stuff yourself. Because even it, even had we been, we wouldn't. It's, I, I'm vaccinated. I wouldn't tell you though, except for on the internet where everyone's listening. The point is this, Hunter: that democracy dies in darkness, and there's no deeper, darker darkness than the darkness of of several weeks, maybe a month, without carpooling. Listen, democracy doesn't die in darkness. It dies behind my shed begging and pleading that I would stop. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <clears throat> okay. Oh. <laughs> I know. I know what I'm doing, okay? All right. How dare you? <laughs> my childhood and my future and something. And I, I have autism and I'm Swedish, I think. That's, um, those are all facts. It's, it's amazing, Hunter, actually, that the country is, has stood. And I'm just going to say... This is the first time that we've taken a hiatus, and the Clinton, I mean, uh, someone hasn't oh. died. Oh, man. Crazy. Still, <laughs> still, still doing okay with everybody. That's nice. Yeah, because there was, there was Epstein. Yep. And then there was that guy who no uh, one cares about. McAfee. Yeah, McAfee. That one. And now I don't think they killed I don't think they killed anyone um, they might have assassinated Thomas Binger's career but yeah. I don't know if, if the Clintons had anything to do with that guys thank you for joining us I know it's been a while this is this is a new a, a dawning of a new age let me tell you about some changes that are happening around here at Carl Pulling. when I upload these episodes every week and I know what you're thinking every <clears throat> okay but give me cut me some slack but when I upload these episodes, and there's a, there's a form on squarespace.com, not a sponsor, would love to be. Hope you're okay with autism, sweet, Swedish autism jokes, because uh, we already cranked a couple of those out. This is kind of the second one. And there's going to be a third one later on the show. And if you send me the timestamps for all three, you could win 
Uh, uh, absolutely nothing. Um, uh, an empty glass bottle. A free subscription to any and all OnlyFans that Hunter Hunter is currently uh, currently uh, the uh, purveyor of. Oh, uh, uh. so <laughs> not a whole lot of content there. It's uh, it's one picture of his bookshelf. Yeah, and it's sad. It's sad. It's like, uh, it's like look, I'm the only fan. <laughs> I, sorry, I thought OnlyFans was for causes that only I liked. Yeah. I thought it was just for me being sad. My, my mistake. Anyway, whoops. Yeah, you guys have you guys ever heard that the the song? Um, it's by the Mountain Goats, but it never got released. It's called Ethiopians, and it's about people in Florida. No, okay, no. Uh, in that case, I'm the only fan. Aww. That's what my OnlyFans is about. That's cool. That's um, so cool, bro. Anyway, where were we? Hold on. Sleeping your way to the vice presidency. Autistic <laughs> Swedish kid. So, yeah. Changes. Changes around here. So, when I up update these episodes, when I upload them, Squarespace asked me to fill out my podcasting details. And usually, at that point, there's a there's a, a bar for the season. And in that, the, in that form fillable, I write the number two. No longer. Now I will write the number three. Why? <gasps> it's arbitrary. But we've been missing for a while, and the reason is because I engaged in my nuptials and escaped to Mexico. Uh, so that was that was fun. Yeah. And I'm over it now. I'm back, and we're gonna get back to the show. So did you Hunter, become a liberal while you were gone, Christopher? It's hard not to become more patriotic when you go to Mexico. Oh, because well. it's just a, it's just a steaming pile of refuse. Oh, even well, uh, we, you leave the touristy areas for one second and you're like, that guy is married to that donkey and he's killing it. <laughs> like, it's just it's a sad place. I don't um, think that's accurate. It's not inaccurate, Hunter. No, it, it was really nice. Actually, we, we met a lovely Mexican couple on our journey and uh, their names were Ramon and Paula. And they're very sweet. And Ramon and I, we bonded big time over hot sauce. Uh, he brought oh, some. Good. He brought some hot sauce to to dinner one night, and I was like, "Oh, I like that. Let me bring you some of my hot sauce." So I brought him some of my hot sauce back to dinner, and he goes, "Okay, well, next dinner I'm gonna bring you the spicy, spicy." He's oh like, no! He didn't speak really good English. He's like, he's got the hot, very hot. He brings it to me, and I just put a big. I, I was like, "I've got. I've, this is a make or break right. moment for me." Right. Right. You know what I'm I saying? either survive and become a hero or I die and, you know, yeah. I never get to be friends with this guy again. Yes. And Ramon is cool, Hunter. Ramon's really cool. Like, yeah, he's I an get attractive it. guy. He's thin. He's probably 30 something. He plays right. tennis semi professionally. Like, I wanted what? Ramon to like me. Okay. Yeah, of course. And so, course. anyway, I, I couldn't just be a gringo who coughed when he tried your spicy habanero sauce, right? Yes. Like, I wanted yes. to be cool. I wanted to get. I wanted to have my my. Is that a thing? I don't know. Probably sure. not. It's probably oh. in, poor, in poor politic. Uh, <laughs> it's. I wanted to have a pass. Okay. I wanted yep. to have have my Mexico pass, and he he brought the hot sauce out, and he's like, "It's it's big spicy," and I'm like, "Okay, it's gran, big spicy, yeah, grande yeah, yeah. caliente." <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so anyway, I took a little spoon and I loaded that spoon up with this habanero sauce, and I said, mm-hmm. I looked at him, and I said, Ramon. Am I in trouble? And he said, oh, a little trouble. <laughs> I took that thing like a champ. I, oh. I, 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 I had to pull the spoon. The, the end of the spoon was past my uvula when I was done with it. Wow. I mean, 
uh, take it to the candy shop. I absolutely murked it. And afterwards, I looked at him dead in the eye, and I went just like this. It's a little spicy, but it's good. And he, <laughs> he looked at me like, they do not make gringos the way that they used to. There is something new in these gringos. They are, I don't know. I don't know what they put in them nowadays, but they are <laughs> different breed. <laughs> they are big spicy gringos, yes. which is not big. the name of my OnlyFans. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Oh my god, rename the show. Oh. <laughs> well, that's it, guys. Welcome to Carl Pulling. <laughs> We've done it. Season three, baby. We got there. We always get there. Season three. Seriously, though, I know um, you've been lost, wandering the outer void and darkness, gnashing your teeth and weeping without your your weekly dose of, of Carl Pooling Delights. Know that we're back. We're getting back into the swing. We've got an absolutely massive show for you today, even though I am cripplingly busy trying to work extra jobs to pay for all the crap that my new wife likes to buy. Just kidding, it's me. Anyhow, um, <laughs> we're, we're going to get back into it. We're going to uh, we're gonna have a rip-roaring season three. Thank you for sticking with us. We love you. This is the show that'll get you fired. We talk about religion, politics, psychology, philosophy, art, literature, etc. ad nauseum. And we have all of the correct opinions, the correct opinions that the people in power hate. So, Hunter. Yeah. Please. After bestowing the ultimate <laughs> gift of Big Spicy Gringo on the audience. <laughs> yep. Out of your endless bounty, please deliver to them another delight. In the form of roadkill. <laughs> what? <laughs> what did you just send me? And how do we translate this to an audio format? Catholic University hangs picture depicting George Floyd as Jesus. Oh my the lord. The Catholic University of Washington, D.C. has taken <laughs> sainthood a step further. Oh my god, is that really what this is? That's really what this is. It's horrible. So. It's uh, yeah. So that literally, it, the painting is called Mama. Why and the did, artist, <laughs> Mama? Why yeah. did they paint Mother Mary as Black Judas? <laughs> it's supposed to be uh, the Pieta, right, yeah. Michelangelo's, and so that the that's pity what it, for people who can't speak douchebag. There you go. But that that's also the name he called it. So there's that. But are you it's trying to, to tell that. me that Michelangelo wasn't a douchebag? <laughs> I, I don't have a good argument for that, actually. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, the artist basically, the uh, school oh, basically says, oh, no, 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 it's not George Floyd. And the artist basically says, yeah, I basically painted it because someone uh, was wanted me to do something commemorating George Floyd. And so there it is. Um, so, Gosh, anyway. That is disgusting. But I do like how they got the scarring around the nipple accurate where he was injecting himself with horse-paralyzing <laughs> levels of fentanyl. So that's... <laughs> That's pretty fun. That is, uh, it's it's so absurd that I can't even be offended at it. You know what I'm saying? Like it is just it's a mockery of itself and everything else at once. Yeah. This yeah. this is the end of Western civilization. Yeah, it's really bad. Um, let me see. I think this is. Uh, yes. Uh, Latimore, who I believe is the artist uh, who lives and works in St. Louis, Missouri, said in April in video that his painting was commissioned by his partner as a way to mourn George Floyd. Uh, so this is just all kinds of So beautiful. wait, your boyfriend paid you to do it? 
Mm-hmm. Sounds like an artist, dude. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that sounds. That seems like you're just as successful as you're supposed to be, hombre. Oi. So yeah, uh, I don't think you're going down to the tennis court to play a match with Ramon. <laughs> while Paula makes tacos in the background, no? Oh hmm. no. But this is this is. I'm glad your partner paid you. How much do you think your when your partner commissions? You know. I know. <laughs> On her. That, it's kind of ridiculous. You're you're in the construction industry. Um, yeah. Does Katie ever bid a job for you around the house? Like, does she does she Lord. ever like does she ever does she ever hire you to architect a deck for her? I <laughs> I not with my prices. No, I'm all I'm saying is her. it's not a commission when your boyfriend's like, "Will you do it for me?" It's yeah. not a commission, bro. Oh man, oh man, black George Floyd Jesus. Um, yep. You know what? I'll, I'll, let's put a little religious spin on it before we let it go. Jesus loves George Floyd. And a lot of people think that makes Jesus inf- or fallible. And you know what? I'm apt to agree with you in my own humanistic stupidity and lack of forgiveness and short-sightedness. But when Jesus died on the cross, he died for people just like George Floyd. So Amen. you know what? This is uh, We'll take what the devil meant for stupid and we'll turn it into to enlightening. There was a moment when, George, when Jesus looked just like George Floyd, when he was bearing the sins of George Floyd on the cross and taking them to Hades to retrieve the keys to allow all of us to live with victory if we will only submit to him. So, you know what? Yeah, is it is it offensive? Maybe a little bit. But you you alighted on more biblical truth than you know, weird boyfriend man who gets commissions from his immediate family. All right, Hunter, anything else to say about that? <laughs> Nope, I, uh, I'm just glad I got to uh, share with you that before you'd seen it on the internet. It, you know, your reaction was genuine, so. I, I wanted to cut in the disc. I need to cut in the Discord noise from when you send that to me. So, it, <laughs> like, you know, ba-doop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Out. Okay, anyway, all right, giant show for you today. For any of my friends who've who've been in my circle of influence through this matrimonious season, know that I am spitting mad. I am frothing mad. Uh, I am I am a slobbery dog of anger in regards to the the Rittenhouse trial. We're going to talk about it today. And, and you know, there's been a lot of talk about it. A lot of talk about it, as there should be. It was a trial of great import, and lots of things were on the stand, not just. Not just Kyle Rittenhouse, but but I think that self defense in its own right was was what's the word? I think uh, on trial. Yeah, I think. Thank you. I think okay. self defense itself was on trial uh, during during the past few weeks. But we're going to talk about an angle that I haven't really seen folks talk about too much yet, Hunter, and. Uh, I think we've got a unique perspective on it, and we'll, we'll take our time getting there, but I'm excited. Um, so let's let's set some groundwork. Let's set some basis. If you have not watched any of the trial, any of the proceedings, or any of the footage from the actual event, and you'll recall, we, we have mentioned this before on the show, probably, I don't know, close to a year ago now, Hunter, something like that. Yes. Um, but go watch the video of the actual events in Kenosha. Mm-hmm. And that tells you most everything you need to know. Effectively, Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, Uber Chad, wasted a pedophile, a granny abuser, and an antifa thug 
killing killing the first two and injuring injuring the last one as he was trying to run away from a mob in Kenosha, Wisconsin that was out quote unquote protesting Reed rioting over the Jacob Blake um, sh- shooting. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the long and short of it. Go watch it because effectively what you learn very quickly, and this became very apparent in the trial from uh, effectively even before the the prosecution rested its case was that that Kyle was acting very clearly in self defense and and you'll see it immediately on the video now in a in a media world where every time someone pulls the trigger on a gun it's racist even if they're shooting at the same race that they currently are uh things got complicated and there were there was parts of the trial that were a little bit scary and i know when they read the verdicts out i was holding my breath and had a had a huge sigh of relief when everything came down the Did way you watch them live uh, i watched i i was watching a live stream but i think i was like three minutes behind on the live stream so okay. not exactly live gotcha but but right there about were you Yes, I, it's one of the few things I've. I, I think that and the, um, um, uh, Derek Chauvin verdict. I was able to watch live actually, which was quite. Those have been two very surreal moments. Yeah, uh, yeah. in public law uh, this year. But anyway, very interesting too. And, and hopefully, we'll dive into we'll dive into all of this. So I don't want to spend a ton of time going over the facts. Suffice it to say that that. Kyle shot Rosenbaum, uh, the first victim, and he was he was uh, chasing chasing Kyle from the drone footage that got released. It appears he was actually waiting in ambush for Kyle. Um, that I, I, that's not a hundred percent confirmed, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how much you like pedophiles, serial pedophiles. We can't ever know if he was truly lying in ambush because he got wasted extremely quickly by the Kenosha kid. And then he, he, Kyle tries to run towards the police. He gets hit in the back of the head by a guy holding a rock. It knocks his hat off. He then gets hit by uh, one Anthony Huber with a skateboard and falls to the ground shortly after. He gets kicked by the infamous jump kick man and twirls around. Then Anthony Huber comes back for another round with the skateboard and then tries to grapple the the gun away from Kyle. Kyle shoots him in the chest. He dies very quickly. And then two men run up on Kyle, one of them being Gage Grosskoitz, professional 'er ne'er-do-well and Antifa thug extraordinaire. And he pulls a gun on Kyle. Then when Kyle points the gun at him and the other individual who's, who was approaching him, they both surrender. The one guy put, throws his hands up and actually surrenders and turns around and runs off. Gage Grosskoitz fake surrenders and then tries to shoot Kyle in the head execution style. And he got his bicep vaporized by a 223 or a 556. It could be either, but, uh, but one of the two. And then Kyle, Kyle does go and and turn himself into the police who did not accept him into their custody they told him to move along and arrested him later that morning so those are the basic facts go watch the video and then come back um and and do make sure to come back don't start doing something else (laughs) that's very impolite and i'll know it shows me the timestamps. okay are you seriously doing laundry right now i mean what good is that for 
Are you not wearing pants? Well, I mean, how else are you supposed to do laundry? Well, how else are you supposed to listen to podcasts? That's also a great point. I do my um, best thinking without my pants on, Hunter. Yeah, that's why people think in the toilet in the shower, not because they're, uh, you know, not distracted by mobile or by uh, mobile phones, you know. Legs definitely not are that. Just, legs are just heat sinks for the brain, in my opinion. Sure. Yep. Sure. So anything you want to add to that timeline, that sequence of events? I can't remember it, but there is actually good footage. I think it was the New York Times or the Washington Post actually did some really fantastic reporting when this all broke and broke down every shot in slow motion, circled on the screen where that where fire was coming from. Um, it's not the complete uh, bag of evidence, so to speak. We now know a lot more, and there's drone footage available and things like that. But that's a really good video to kind of give you a um, first look into all this. Um, it, it's one thing that we honestly, you know, one of the things that's great about people having phones and being able to capture this all is we have so much evidence prior to a trial happening that can just clearly outline the facts and let us see what happens. And it's not always a complete picture, but one of the things that you know is, uh, you know, a video that's, you know, three minutes long that misses the first 10 seconds of an altercation can be extremely um, misleading, misleading, yes, and cause prejudice. And so I think um, what was good about this case is it, even from the beginning, it clearly didn't look like uh, what the prosecution said it looked like and what we heard on social media said it looked like. But um, as more and more evidence came out, that only got um that only that position only got more and more stronger and more and more uh, evidence based. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. oh, and, and Hunter, let's talk about that just a little bit because uh, I want to. I uh, I actually was talking to some of my friends who are not maybe as invested in in politics and maybe just not as invested in law. And I realized sure. that a lot of people aren't entirely aware how this works. So pardon me if I'm being remedial, but I want to talk about the procedure where somebody gets charged criminally and it's different in different places and it can be different for different crimes. Um, you've heard of a grand jury before or a district attorney, a prosecutor, a state prosecutor. Um, these are all terms that, are, that basically describe the body that performs a function. So um, when you're arrested, you're charged with a crime effectively or, mm -hmm. or suspected of a crime. Uh, the, the language can be a little bit murky. But effectively, in, in a perfect world, to be arrested, you have to have an officer who has suspicion that you've committed a crime, like, likely a um, you know, probable cause to, to investigate you and then finds it likely that you committed a crime. Or you have to have a, a judge sign off on a warrant that basically says the evidence indicates that you've committed a crime. We should arrest you and bring you in, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's the arrest portion. After the arrest, there is an opportunity for the, the state who is the plaintiff in criminal cases, right? You mm -hmm. break state law most of the time. Of course, it can be the federal government, although that's more rare. There's far fewer federal crimes than there are state crimes. Um, the state is the plaintiff, and they have the opportunity to modify or reject the charges, and then they formally present you with the the charges. It's called an indictment. And so some in some places, an indictment's done by a grand jury, where a jury of your peers, very similar to a criminal court case, um, decides whether or not 
there is enough suspicion of you having committed the crime, hearing just bare bones arguments from lawyers, whether or not they choose to indict you. So that's that's the function of a grand jury in a nutshell. Right. Um, then there's the state prosecutor, the district attorney, kind of kind of two terms for the same thing, just depending on how your pr- specific municipality breaks down those powers. Um, and they they effectively have huge discretion on whether to charge you for specific crimes. They look at the evidence and they basically decide unilaterally whether they're going to bring a case or not. And of course, that's not a violation of anyone's rights because that's just the decision to try the case, right? Um, the, you always have a jury of your peers in a criminal proceeding to determine innocence or guilt, uh, which is your, your Miranda protection effectively. Um, so... that's effectively how that system works. And it's important to the story that we understand that. So way, way, way back when this all occurred, less than 48 hours after Kyle Rittenhouse pulled the trigger in downtown Kenosha, the, the Kenosha district attorney's office indicted Kyle. And this is important to point out because 48 hours afterward, there was not not at all the sophisticated analysis, availability, and propagation of the evidence that was presented at the trial. Usually, a, a just prosecutor who's, who's prosecuting based on uh, the effect of the law will wait until some of that evidence arrives before they decide to proceed with an indictment because it's very costly to go to trial. It costs the taxpayers and the state a lot of money to go to trial. And, it, you know, you have to have a judge and you have to pull people out of work to be on the jury. So it's in the state's best interest to not prosecute cases that don't need to be adjudicated, where, where the evidence clearly says that, that the individual is innocent. If there's any question, of course, the prosecutor has a duty in, in many cases to, to prosecute. But it's important to see that the prosecution, the, the, the prosecutor, the district attorney, Kenosha district attorney, made the decision to carry out the indictment very, very, very early on in the fact-finding investigation phase. This is atypical, and it needs to be pointed out that it's atypical. Does that, does that expl- explanation make sense? Yes, yes, it does. Cool. So that happened way, way, way a long time ago. And then the lawyers started the process of discovery. They started um, jury selection. They started getting statements from witnesses and, and building out their witness pool, submitting testimonies into evidence, all the things you do before you take a big trial to court. Of mm-hmm. course, um, there was pleas. Kyle pled not guilty. And that that basically sets us all up to have a court case. And I think, Hunter, we should just walk through some of the highlights from the court case and kind of explain how the narrative around the case was changing and evolving as the details of the court case came out. Okay. So how, how much of it did you actually watch, like, like the day-to-day C-SPAN of it? Not really any. I spent a lot of time watching like the highlights that came out, but sure. like, the day to day stuff. It, I, I don't know if I didn't think it was important. It's just usually that like when you when you turn that on to like watch, right? 
there's usually not much that happens. Yeah. Right. Like it can be pretty slow. It can be slow. And so like, you know, if I'm going through my day and trying to figure stuff out and I'm pricing a job and this needs to get done, I don't have the time to, you know, have that running in the background and watch, you know, that for the two or three pieces of information I need. So it just was, it's just not economical for most people and especially not me with a yeah. full-time job. So, and I'm just a huge loser. So I watched most of it. Nice. Uh, not all. Of I it, set you up there, but, but most of it, um, the prosecution. So, so the way that a trial works is you make your opening arguments to the jury and you mm-hmm. tell them what your argument's going to be. Sure. Then you, Call wit- prosecution the prosecution makes their, makes their case, and then they'll rest their case. Yep. They call witnesses to the stand, and the defense can cross-examine those witnesses, and then the prosecution can redirect and, and do all those normal courtroom procedures. Um, Objection. Yeah, you can do that. Or yeah. were you objecting to the way I explained that? I was objecting to the way you explained Overruled. that. Overruled. You know. I sustain oh, okay. myself by, <laughs> by eating and breathing. Um, nice. So then the courtroom flips. Uh, everyone does a dozy do with their partner and an alaman left. It's the defense's time to present their case, call their witnesses, uh, yep. ex- expose their evidence, gather testimony, etc. ad nauseum. So let's talk about some players in this this arena. First, on the prosecution, you had two individuals. One, you had Jabba the Lawyer, also known as James Krause. <laughs> he was very fat and that's important to to point out because i think sometimes his lack of energy prevented him from from oh my Lord. giving a good showing <laughs> okay. you know i feel like if he had more gusto then right? maybe his case wouldn't have abysmally sucked and then he had his his counterpart the the youth pastor gone down the gay road thomas binger and oh, wow. just look at one picture of him. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. He's got like the excommunicated from the church after having questions about his sexual uh, sexuality <laughs> energy. Uh, and he has it bigly. So anyhow, that's Thomas Binger. I hate the things that Thomas Binger chooses to be. <laughs> and <laughs> we're going to talk about him. And not just, a ga- not just a gay youth pastor. That is a mohawk. Um, although I hate that too. Uh, what what kind of an adult makes yeah. the conscious decision to have a mohawk? Who's not trying to like bond with children? I yeah. As a district attorney, like you would think you would just have more respect for yourself. Yeah. Right. Like, did nobody tell him? Nobody told him. Maybe he that rolled, has to be it. Maybe he rolled over to his partner, mm-hmm. and he was like, "How <laughs> does about getting a full hawk? How does my how does my hair look?" And his partner's like, "I don't know. I guess it's fine." And then he's like, "Can you paint me a picture of George Floyd as Jesus?" <laughs> um. Anyhow, so yeah. So we'll talk a lot about Binger. On the other side of the aisle, you had the defense. Um, there was two members of the defense. One of them was very sharp and bald, and he was playing henchman. I can't remember his name right now. He's not as important to the story. But but uh, attorney Mark Richards, the man, the myth, the machine, Mark Richards. Right. Uh, very, right. very. He looks like if the Terminator ate the Godfather. Wow. 
Yeah. 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 Kind of. Yeah. Or if the Godfather ate the Terminator. You know, what's the difference? Uh, Fusion Hoth. That's hair. what happened. Hair is the difference. Oh, I guess okay, Arnold I had hair. Yeah. But I'm of thinking of the metal one. Oh, okay. Sure. It just looks kind of like, like a shinier iRobot Will Smith three rules one. <laughs> okay. Then there was the judge. And the judge's name is Schrader. And Judge yeah. Schrader... Shrades. He friggin' shrades, boys. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, this guy, he's got liver spots bigger than my eyes. Like, he's yeah. an old son of a gun. And there's several times in the trial where he's like, well, I don't know how computers work, and I ain't never seen the sun before. And, uh, you know, like he, <laughs> my he is old, man. He is old. And he is, uh, he is the epitome of swag. He swags yes. so hard at certain points in this trial. Um, and I'm not even saying that because he was very pro-defense. I, I really don't think he was as pro-defense as the media has been saying. I think he was pro-law and order. Um, but I think if he was really pro-defense, he could have called a mistrial on this thing ages ago. I know, actually, he was, he's a Democrat elected judge. Yeah, yeah. And he's yeah. very pro-defense, typically. Right. Um, which was funny because... That's what these lefties pretend to love, unless it's a it's a um, somebody oh, that fits their narrative. Yeah, seventeen year old white sharpshooter, right? Then, then, uh, well, he killed pedophiles, Hunter, and that's obviously just completely against the democratic agenda right now. What's the term that's being used for pedophiles now? Maps, yeah. minor attracted persons. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wood. Turns chippers, out your mom Hunter. was right. Wood chippers. Yeah. 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 Communists and pedophiles. And wood chippers. These are just three words. (laughs) They don't have to have any correlation unless you want them to. And you have a wood chipper and you wanna (laughs) you you wanna call me. (laughs) You got a trailer? Yeah. Oh my lord. Look, it's a choose your own adventure life. (laughs) I'm telling you, you get to skip quite a few pages if you have a wood chipper. (laughs) You, You go right to the end. Yeah, right to jail. Don't no, pass go. Don't get two hundred dollars. I don't know about that. I think it's, <laughs> I, I Hunter, look, know this isn't that. legal advice, but I think it's legal to put pedophiles in a wood chipper. Okay, <laughs> I want to stress that this is not legal advice, but I'm pretty sure that's totally fine. Um, <laughs> consult, call your senator or something. Ask they they're yeah. supposed to know laws ask or something. Ask Jeeves on that one. Ask, <laughs> See what ask Jeeves knows. first, but pretty sure that's you're totally in the clear. Um, Good lord. Especially if they weren't being a pedophile just then and you just kind of figured out about it and they're like, I'm pretty sure he almost matches the picture. Let's just roll with it. I think that's... Right. So anyway, wood chippers, communist pedophiles, just three words. Um, so, uh, Schrader. Judge Schrade, Schrades. Yeah, Schrade, Schrade and Hardcore. Uh, let's let's just start going through the trial and, and talking about him because, Hunter, the, the way that I think we need to break this down, we need to do it in real time. And, and guys, this is going to be a long one. Just just buckle up. But we, there's lots to say on this, and it's very important. Welcome back. You're getting a, a triple dose of Carl Pulling. Maybe not a triple dose. Maybe like a dose and a half um, for our, our return season three debut. So let's start walking through the trial and the the arguments that were made, the way the arguments shifted, the way the media shifted, because all of this is connected. All of this 
comes together to form a narrative that is incredibly important to dissect that I don't think a lot of people are talking about right now. So the trial starts. Rational people like the folks at Carl Pooling have been withholding judgment. We said, based on the video, it looks like self-defense. But yep. like, like Hunter mentioned, there could always be context missing from that. Right? We don't know. Right. Every, we don't know all the testimony. Um, we do know that the people that died were some very bad people. And thanks to some, some good reporting and retweeting from the likes of Andy No, we learned about Rosenbaum very quickly and Huber pretty quickly, the two uh, people that are no longer with us. And so we all kind of came to this trial saying, well, it looks like it was self-defense. Let's see. Um, there was this one incident after the trial where Kyle was was hanging out with, at, a at a bar with maybe some Proud Boys. Um, of course, I don't actually know if they were Proud Boys or not. I don't think you can know. The media calls anybody with a buzz cut a Proud Boy these days. So I, I'm not sure. Um, apparently now even members of the Lincoln Par- Project are Proud Boys, Hunter. And no they doubt. have the, the Tiki Torches to prove it. <laughs> and the, yeah, the, black, the black guy who's a member now absurd um so anyway so he and he was wearing a shirt that said free as f on it and people were like oh look at him he's flaunting it he's happy he killed those people i was like yeah i don't know about that he got bailed out it's like two million dollars worth of bail as i recall um Mm -hmm. which is kind of insane so that was the thought process and then there was one other portion of it the media started calling kyle rittenhouse and this is way before the trial started calling Rittenhouse a white supremacist Mm -hmm. and they tried to do that through this this one you know shady connection at a bar um it didn't really stick and I think that that's why a lot of the people on the right kind of took to Rittenhouse's side because we started to smell a rat we started to smell hey they're just openly lying about this kid like you could say what he was doing was wrong and what he was doing was stupid and let's get into that because it it was but in, in a certain sense but it nothing nothing said white supremacist at all right and so that was very strange when that started happening in in the media coverage do you remember that when it was when it was happening hunter here's ayana presley a 17 year old white supremacist domestic terrorist drove across state lines armed with an ar-15 he shot and killed two people who had assembled to affirm the value dignity and worth of black lives fix your explicative headlines august 27th 2020 2020 right Mm -hmm. and so that that's ayana presley then let's talk about some other examples joe biden put out a campaign ad effectively and and showed a picture of rittenhouse in kenosha when he was talking about white supremacists and that didn't make sense because lo and behold and it was interesting throughout the beginning of this trial to watch hunter that there was all these lefty blue check marks on twitter who were coming out and saying things like hey i thought this rittenhouse kid killed three black people like I just found out, right that that yep. all of his victims were white. Well, you even saw during the trial uh, a newspaper in the UK getting it wrong. Oh yeah, saying that he yeah. So I mean, it wasn't not only was it, and and the reason that I think that came about is one, this story was getting a lot of traction in the United States. Two, Kyle's race was extremely pertinent um, to the media to, coverage. To the media coverage and the race of the other individuals wasn't touched at all was never mentioned was never discussed 
And so it was very easy for people to say white supremacists, racists, things like that, because those are just the talking head points. And then other people in the United Kingdom and in Brazil specifically, where I saw these two articles, I believe it was United Kingdom, um, were picking up on those references and just assumed by the rhetoric that was going on is that Kyle must have shot black people. And right. he didn't. Well, and, and because a lot of times they were saying things like uh, white supremacist shoots three black, uh, three black lives matter protesters. Mm-hmm. And people right. just assume that, that these people who stay in riot at black lives matter events are, are black people, um, mm-hmm. which is, I don't know, a little racist because nobody gets shot at, at riots better than white people. And I really think that Rosenbaum and Grosskreutz prove that. Uh, but they got shot fantastically in my opinion. Uh, but anyhow, it's just, it's just a little bit sick that, that ever, that people were pretending that his race was so important and glossing over the, the other race. And it's also sick that there's an active trial going on you know, a, a pre we're in pre-trial hearings and, and, Joe Biden, the president of the United States, is weighing in. I mean, what the what the heck's going on there? Right. That that's disgusting in a lo- in a lot of ways to have the lead executive say, you know, put his thumb on the scales of justice. Um, mm-hmm. And Judge Schrader even mentioned that during the trial. He said that yeah. he he directed the jury that nothing that the president, even the president of the United States, has said should sway your opinion on this case. And that's a that's a real disgusting thing and, and it feeds into more of the direction that we want to take this discussion but but anyhow yeah so there was this there's this huge media wave lots of misinformation um lot, and uh, let's talk about one other thing before we get into the trial there was this obsession and, and i mean obsession with this line about him crossing state lines sure that it doesn't make any sense in a lot of ways um antioch illinois is only 20 miles from kenosha where kyle's from uh he actually had a job over state lines yeah Um, he he crossed state lines every day to go to work right to visit his father right and his grandmother his cousin and, and one of the things that you're hearing kind of on the other side of that is what imaginary line matters right Christopher, you drove out of Cobb County this week. Are you feeling okay? You know, it, no. it doesn't make any... Right, exactly. And so th- the implication of that line was Kyle crossed state lines to shoot Black Lives Matter's protesters, right? That was the implication. It was like, he went there looking for a fight. Like all those people that show up in Portland, right? Yeah. They're yeah. there looking for fights. And Kyle's one of these idiots looking for fights. Look how dangerous he is. And so, but it, it it's ridiculous. It makes no sense. He had connections to the people's uh, dealership that he was protecting. Or, yeah, he was uh, actually being in front of that he night. was actually being paid to to be there. Now, whether or not Correct. it was a good decision, let, let's give That's the another. devil let's give the devil his due here in just a second because I think it's worthwhile before we get into the trial. But sure. But I do want to just point out there this obsession with he crossed state lines. I mean, they repeated that a thousand times on the mm-hmm. media. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably, probably much, much more. I'm just trying not to be wrong, but I mean, it, it was it was very relevant to everyone who was discussing this case that he crossed state lines. I couldn't think of anything that's less important than that, and right. it was weird how this meaningless fact that maybe implied some type of illegality, but nothing actually illegal whatsoever, 
Um, and, and by the way, it was it was just not true. A bunch of people say he brought a gun across state lines. That was never the case. Uh, never the happened. gun the gun remained in Wisconsin uh, always. Uh, Kyle doesn't actually he didn't actually own the rifle. He had it on on the lend from another person, and and a lot of people thought that that would be illegal. Turns out it's not. The law that they were referencing is only relevant for short barreled rifles. Because right. the NFA and the ATF are foolish, and that he was never illegally possessing a firearm whatsoever. So, anyhow, that that charge got dismissed, and I thought it would be the only one that they actually got him on. Um, but he, here's here's why I think that part was super relevant. One person somewhere made this point, and all of a sudden, it became a virus. It spread like an earworm throughout the media. Every, and it happened like on the same day. Yeah. Which is the thing that gets so terrifying about all this is like, okay, where, what, who, what did in MSNBC, CNN, um, all these stations, the New York Times, who, where do they get the signal that this was the word to key in on? That this was the message to make sense of? That's not conspiracy theory. I mean, it could be the wire, you know, coming out. Oh, sure. You know. It could be something very simple, but like, wh- how did that happen, and why? Why is why did none of those journalists bother to look into that before they just repeated it like it was um, a death nail in Kyle's guilt? Yeah. Well, let's talk about that, and then let's talk about crippling stupidity, Hunter, because I think malice okay. plays a part in it too. Ma- sure. Malice is is saying as a news organization that Kyle killed three black people you know ben shapiro and we often quote it here and, and different people at the daily wire will say things like i never attribute to to malice what i can attribute to stupidity if you're sure. a news organization claiming that someone killed three black people without independently verifying that fact that's malice right that's malice you don't have an opportunity to screw that up you right. wanted to screw that up yes uh, it, you, you were so happy to print that headline that you rushed through it without doing your job which is to investigate and report the facts. Or you wanted to report it because you knew it would be palatable to a, to a certain audience and wanted the money. Exactly. I, and I, so I have, I have, that's malice. As far as I'm concerned, that's an act of malice. I agree. Now, that got picked up by a million people on social media. You know, we saw people saying that they didn't know that the victims were white. We also had everybody on Twitter repeating this line that he crossed state lines. Who cares? And this is what I want to mention about crippling stupidity. How stupid do you have to be? Genuinely, how stupid do you have to be to hear a couple talking heads mention a point like that and repeat it as if it had any merit? I'll say from my perspective, I heard people say that so much that I began to think, what am I not understanding here? What law does that does that associate with? Exactly. And so going going to the trial, I was like wanting to be educated because because I just I don't know Wisconsin law. You know, I'm trying to understand how this thing works. And then the trial bears out, and the charges come up, and lo and behold, that's not one of them. Right. And so I'm like, I've been duped, right? Like I I I I assumed that this you assumed that the people relevance. were talking were doing so in good faith. But right, unlike right, the people right. who just repeat this, repeat things that they don't understand, right. you desired education. 
let, let me say that better. What, what, I, what I assumed was these people wouldn't be so foolish to say this over and over again, that there is nothing that it corresponds to in, in, in the legal environment. Right. Right. And that's what, I, that's what I thought was, and then I was shocked beyond belief to find out it, it's literally just a talking point. It has nothing to do but just to just, it's, it's, a, um, it's a convenient way to package uh, your supposed enemy's maliciousness with, without, have it, without having to look into it and make it feel like to others that that's true. Right. Like that's all it is. It just sounds bad. Right, because the only, the only reason you could make up for them trying to do this, for one, they lied about the gun crossing state lines, but number two is they wanted to make it seem like he was like, oh, I'm going to make a road trip for murder, right? But that's a flimsy right. argument because people can look, at, look that up, but you're banking on your, your listenership being incredibly foolish. And that, or just wanting to believe the convenient oh, lie yeah, as well. well. I think that that's foolish as well. But Sure. But regardless, the the real thing that concerns me about it is that that people just repeated it without having any idea what they were saying. All sure. of a sudden, it mattered so much to this group, and it could not matter less. And so, anyway, right. I just found that really, really strange. And that's kind of the milieu that we're going into this trial with. So we we were hearing white supremacists. We were hearing lies about the race of the people that died. We were hearing, uh, hell, I mean, even some people were saying that Jacob Blake died. That that they right, were protesting yep. protesting the death of Jacob Jacob Blake or the murder of Jacob Blake. Jacob Blake yep. is alive right now, yep. and, and there's actual news agencies getting this wrong, and we're just it's little a, little Carl pulling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's so weird that they can't get this right. Yeah, is Jacob Biden visit him in the hospital while he was recovering? Oh, like, uh, uh, Biden or Kamala? I can't remember which Biden. one. Biden. Biden. Yes. Yeah, and like Jacob Blake. In my opinion, he sh- he should have been shot more. Um, he's paralyzed now, of course, but right. now he can't allegedly rape anyone, which I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of. The left's That's not really sick. into that anymore. Um, oh my lord! Uh, they're they're into deifying George Floyd, I suppose. But anyhow. So that's the milieu that we walk into this trial with. And so here's my mindset going into it. Okay, one, the media has been really irresponsible with this. Two, there is a possibility that some of the things that I'm perceiving as irresponsible, I am missing data on that the prosecution is going to bring. Because otherwise, why are we here? Yep. Okay, three. Uh, There is a weird, there's a weird drama playing out where useful idiots are repeating the lines of people without knowing what they mean. Yep. Because if I don't know what it means, then these blue checkmark nobodies on Twitter certainly don't know what they mean. And, and what I mean is that it's, it's you know, a blue checkmark is a sign of a, a acute but severe mental illness um, in, <laughs> in most cases. So, and then, and then four, very concerned because if there was some reason that kyle provoked these attacks then something that looked very clearly on video like self-defense would no longer be self-defense and that would set a dangerous precedent because if you can full-on run away from people and then get be found guilty of of murder that's very dangerous for anyone who who ever plans to defend themselves from a violent attack and the fifth thing that i'll say is that is that there was also an element of fear because 
there, there was fear that the justice system was going to be usurped because one side last year was allowed to break the law and the other was not. And we could get into January 6th. You know, the, the several hundred people who were arrested on January 6th are hanging upside down from their toes right now in a gulag. I'm, I'm being a little bit facetious, but have you heard any of this stuff about the jail they're being kept in? The water wasn't running and there's some, there's some really bizarre stuff going on right now. I haven't. Okay, just, just I don't know enough about it to really go into it, but there's been a couple stories about the conditions being very, very, very poor, and they've been molesting their attempts to uh, discourse with their lawyers by some reports. I don't know enough about hmm. it to really go into it. Regardless, juxtapose those rumors with Kamala Harris, the the vice president of the United States, literally raising money to bail rioters out of jail. Mm-hmm. And in Kenosha specifically. I mean, there's a huge disparity on who was allowed to break the law and who wasn't. Um, we talked about that back in, I think, the Happy Warrior episode about how January 6th wasn't even close to uh, what someone would call an insurrection. And if you do use that definition of insurrection, then it wasn't even by close to the worst insurrection of the year. You know, we had mm-hmm. we had court built, mm-hmm. federal court buildings in, in Portland taken over for months. So uh, I don't think two hours was uh, was anything comparable. Uh, so that being said there there was this fear and and that fear was two pronged one was that that the rioting was going to start anew if justice was served and two that justice might not be served for fear that the rioting would start anew um that that was kind of my mentality going into the trial as as the uh, opening argument started anything to add to that or, or were you kind of on the same page with me there no i think that that's about where i was at you know and you know, I, I had my opinion set and based on what I had seen, but I'm always ready to be wrong. Um, and I, I wanted to see what needed to be said. And unfortunately, uh, for the prosecution involved, this seemed just like an incredible waste of everybody's time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, now let's be clear about one thing. Um, James Krause and Thomas Binger are assistant DAs. And what that means is that their office, the the district attorney's office, is the same office that brought the indictment against Kyle Rittenhouse. So it's important when you're sitting there listening to these arguments and watching them examine these witnesses that the only reason any of us are here in the first place is because they said we have the goods and we go to trial. Right? Because otherwise you, you don't have to. You just, you just let it go um, as the district attorney. You say, okay, bad arrest, let's move on. So the opening arguments start, and the defense was resolute. The defense was Kyle acted in self-defense. That's that. We're going to prove it over the next few days. The prosecution's line was that Kyle acted more aggressively. He didn't act in self-defense. He didn't meet the letter of the law when it comes to self-defense. He fired from too far away. He didn't exhaust other options. Um, when he was being attacked, these types of arguments. Um, he wasn't in grave bodily uh, threat or grave bodily danger. And that was, their, that was their opening bid. So the defense starts their examination. They called a plethora of witnesses up, some of them more relevant than others. The prosecution? I'm sorry, the prosecution. And... Every 
prosecution witness turned into a defense witness. Everyone. There, there's this amazing moment in the trial. I mean, I mean, watching the prosecution is, is they're watching them call witnesses to the stand is just it is a masterclass and what not to do. I was actually talking about the trial with with our grandfather Hunter, who is oh, an yeah. attorney who's been to trial several times, and he repeated yep. to me the old adage that I'm sure most of our listenership is familiar with, is that when you have a witness on the stand, never ask a question that you don't know the answer to. And he right. was telling me that he just found it incredible how many times Binger was stumped by his own witness. You know? Yeah. yeah. It, 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 was, it was as if they hadn't talked and then they showed up there and he asked him a question that he thought he knew the answer to because he had filled it in with his own ideology. And then when Binger responded, he was like, uh, 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 uh. But, but I think it would, I honestly think like they must, like, perhaps. Th- with the um, threat of perjury hanging over their head, maybe they didn't answer questions the same way that they did outside the courtroom. Well, let's talk um, about that. Yeah. Because sure. you're, you're demonstrably right, at least in one regard. Sure. So we could go through in more detail the, the defense's witness calling, but I think there's one part that we need to really focus in on. That's Gage Grosskreutz. So Gage Grosskreutz is this, this, um, the third, this SA. coward, Oh, who okay. fake arrested or, or fake surrendered to Kyle Rittenhouse. And then when he saw Kyle examining his firearm, tried to execute him at point blank range. And I'm not, that's not conjecture. He admitted to as much on the stand. Now at other times he said he didn't have it in him to kill, but he admits on the stand at this one point when he's on cross from, from um, Mark Richards, he, he says, or maybe it was Richard's assistant, I can't remember. Regardless, he's, the line of question goes, it wasn't until you approached Rittenhouse and pointed your gun at him that he fired on you. Is that correct? And Gage Ghostcoits says correct. And you can look, the, the camera on, on the live stream pans over to the, or it switches, switches views to the, the prosecutor's bench. Yeah, and literally Jabba has his head in his hands on the desk like in complete defeat because the only survivor of the attack admits that he threatened Kyle Rittenhouse with a gun I mean right. it's just obscene there was there was time and time again where which you can clearly see on the video from a year ago yeah right and they basically all of us who were saying okay let's be patient let's hear it out this is what the video looks like let's hear all the data there was nothing new mm-hmm. in fact yep. it was almost as if the only one who hadn't watched the video from a year ago was the prosecution. Yes. It was, it was a complete, a complete ham fisted prosecution and Gage was kind of was the cherry on top. Of course, then the next morning, Gage Grosskreutz goes on to good morning America on ABC. I think, um, if I'm not getting that, yes. that mistaken, something. And he basically renegotiates everything that he said on the stand. Right. So you might realize that there's no threat of perjurizing yourself on good morning America. There is in a courtroom, especially with Judge Schrader at the helm. So, very, very strange. They brought in some weird, some weird forensics witnesses who um, used some software to try and enhance portions of the, the video that that they had that showed Kyle switching to a left hand grip and pointing his gun at a different victim that wasn't shot 
to try and say he provoked the attack and and they tried to make out that he was an active shooter it was just very 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 bizarre um strange so let's go let's go to the defense the defense's portion now the defense opened their case and they called some fantastic witnesses um hunter what was the name of that independent reporter um the independent reporter that was re- reporting in Kenosha and had some of the original footage. They called him to the stand. Do you know his name? I don't. He's a, I, didn't, oh, I don't think I've heard about this individual, actually. He's Latinx. Um, doesn't help. No, he's, he's, I'm just kidding. He's Latinx. Um, no, I'm just kidding. He's a Latino, what they actually like to be called. Oh, I okay. love the, the, the Latin community finally realizing that people are calling them Latinx and they're like, what in the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like don't you understand how this language works drew, like at all drew hernandez drew okay. drew hernandez he took the stand it was actually it was actually um pretty amazing i think he, i do remember some of the audio uh some of his testimony yeah and he, of course he's a poc pock of color hunter um being oh, okay. an, being a a latinx sex the latinx sex man and right anyhow it, it was refreshing because he absolutely brutalized BLM the entire time he was on the stand and he Jeez brutalized the, the um, prosecution. It was just incredible. He shared some of his video um, explaining how violent the protests were and uh, explaining specifically how violent Rosenbaum was, who kind of right. kicked off this whole shooting uh, escapade from Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, so, Anyhow, he was a very interesting witness to watch. Just very refreshing to get the truth from an independent journalist. He he was Kenosha's Andy No that night in a lot of ways. And then you had, I think, the most impactful part of the trial. You had Kyle take the stand himself. Very emotional as on examination, his his lawyers are getting him to retell the account of of the shooting and he, he gets to the point where he's discussing Rittenhouse. Did you watch this part Hunter? where he's discussing I've seen the clip? Yeah. He, oh, I'm sorry. When he's discussing Rosenbaum, how he's wedged in between these cars, he doesn't think he can escape and he has to fire on Rosenbaum. And he basically has a full on panic attack on this, yep. on the stand. Um, what were you thinking when you were watching that? I've, I've heard even people on the right dissect this different ways. I'm interested to get your take. I mean, he seems like a kid. Yeah. Like, I mean, that, that he just seems like a kid that is really, I mean, like, he did not, it looks like he didn't mean to kill somebody, right? And was dealing with the fact that in real time, reliving the memory that he had done that, right? And to some extent, too, that as he was there with um, Rosenbaum and had to make that decision, one of the things that he noticed was, other people abandoned him to whatever fate it was um, that he was going to meet. Mm-hmm. Right. It seemed people were, and for good reason, I think there's a gunshot that takes place before um, Rosenbaum and his altercation by another Zeminski. Yeah. The, this other guy named Zeminski fired a gun. Right. Uh, it's the, and, it's the person that the prosecution claimed that Kyle pointed a gun at, um, sure. but it didn't happen. Sure. Um, so I think that all that, takes place and is terrifying and he was a kid and he was not prepared for what he had to do in that instance and i i, I it, it appears he was reliving some of that trauma in the courtroom yeah well i i agree with you um unfortunately 
lif- liberal leftist Twitter does not agree with you, Hunter. Sure. Um, I saw a collection of the most vile things of all time. A lot of people accusing him of fake crying. Uh, Joy Behar got on the View and and made a fool out of herself. Um, and I know what you're what you're saying, Chris. But you're, so she got you you repeat view. yourself. But uh, truly horrible talking about uh, talking about how bad of an actor Kyle was. Um, Joy Behar is a disgusting old crone. And mm. go go look at her the list of movies she's acted in and see, you know, you can decide for yourself who is and who is not a great actor. But for for a uh, quite elderly woman advanced in her years to pick on a child like that is the opposite of maternal. Of course, she's a leftist, so who's freaking surprised at that? But I thought what she did was absolutely repulsive and disgusting. The View is a cesspit where opinions. Why go to become roughly sodomized and i i cannot believe that it's still a show it is absolutely it, it's it's um it's jerry what's his name jerry jackass what in the world is that show called uh where they fight they have fist fights on air and it's super trashy um and people shout I Jerry. I thought you were talking about Jerry from Parks and Rec. No, no, I mean, okay. whatever. Uh, screw it. <laughs> Anyhow, it's it's <laughs> that trashy, but they have nicer makeup. It, it, it mm. is truly vile. And Joy Behar um, should be ashamed of herself today for what she said about Kyle Rittenhouse, an innocent man who did nothing wrong. Absolutely vile and disgusting. Um, but who's surprised? I'm not surprised that she has no maternal warmth or love in her heart and only only cold, calloused um, blankery. Uh, it's not mm. surprising to me. I saw a bunch of people taking screenshots of, of Kyle Rittenhouse's face while he was crying and... Uh, um, likening it to his first night in prison as the face he would be making when things would be happening so i guess rape is back on the table for you jackasses then i guess we're Mm -hmm. i guess we're all fine with that now we decided to bring that back because for a while you pearl clutching nannies said that there was nothing funny about it but now look i'm not offended by the joke i'm offended by your your double standards and your your truly your lack of all standards at all because maybe those jokes can be funny in a certain context. Um, not really about an innocent kid. I, I, I don't know that I find that particularly laughable. Um, but you can make whatever joke you want, and then people can decide whether they laugh about it or not. But it was you pricks that told us for years and years and years that none of that was funny. But now when it happens to someone you don't particularly like, mostly because they killed one of your beloved pedophiles, now, now rape's back on the table. Rape's funny again. How hilarious yeah. is that? LeBron James. What can you say? Accused him of sucking on lemon heads? Yeah, accused him of fake crying and sucking on lemon heads before he walked in the courtroom, which is pretty bold coming from the first soccer player to Pratt fall during an NBA game. I mean, LeBron walks around and says it's not safe for black people to be in America, then whines and cries about having to play a sport for a living. He gets paid more money than God. He he is the prince of America. He is he was born with the silver spoon not in his mouth, but surgically implanted into his rectum. And he has the audacity to to speak out he, he he's just a different shade of um forty niners guy. Hunter learned one sport. Colin Kaepernick. Colin Ka- thank you. Colin Kaepernick. He's just a different shade who's actually like decent at the sport that he plays, so he still has a job in it. But right. 
He is every bit as vile. And, and it's so sick. to to. And this is not the first time, by the way, that he has stepped in crap when talking about these racial issues. I think you'll remember the cop that successfully stopped a black girl who was girl attacking, attacking another, another girl, girl with, with, a, with knife. a knife. Jinx. Uh, but I'm hoping that the Discord audio lines up with the recordings because that was perfect. I'll just use this yeah. to sync the, sync the tracks. Um, <laughs> so... Anyhow, yeah, and then said you're next and all this stuff. So this isn't the first time that he's he's completely put his foot in his mouth. You know, he retweeted after that and, and basically said that they always use our words against us for more hate. No, you're just a, a hateful, pathetic person, LeBron James. No one has to twist your words to make them hateful. You're a pathetic, impotent, hateful person. And, and that's why you make tweets like this about people that are a third of your age. Absolutely mm. vile. Absolutely vile. Not actually a third, more like a half. But but I, I found it completely disgusting. Any other takes we need to talk about on her? This is the problem with social media. Yeah. Right? Is the fact, and it's something we alluded to earlier in the conversation, is that you see a clip and suddenly you think you would know all the context on it. Right? And so the trick as a modern human dealing with these modern technologies is not to be Joy Behar or LeBron James, but is to realize that you're probably ignorant of something and have a little humility around it because it definitely, by the best system we have, which is a jury of your peers, Kyle acted in self-defense and anyone who can put themselves in the shoes and realize that they have to take a human life that they're unprepared to do in that moment even even if he wanted to take the human life, even if there was a split second where he was like, finally, I get the chance to kill somebody, right? Even if that happened, most people, when that when they actually perform the deed, aren't prepared for the consequence, right? Yeah. In the, in the worst possible understanding, it, it's possible to have human compassion for someone in that moment. I, I, right? Absolutely. Hunter, you're making a very nuanced point that the internet's not going to look kindly on, but a very true sure. point. Um there's a lot of people that go to war because they're angry. <laughs> There's a lot of people that yep. join the military because they have aggression and they don't know how to get it out. And I've, I've heard them say, like, I just want a way to legally do this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've heard people make comments similar to that to me. And thank God that they do. I mean, male aggression is a real thing. And, and by the way, let's just go ahead and say that we're not accusing Kyle of this, especially after seeing no. his testimony on the stand. I don't yes. think that is at all what he had on the table. I think he sure. wanted to go be a junior cop. And you know what? He was a, He's a dumbass. A little bit. He's He shouldn't sure. have been there. Okay? He shouldn't nope. have gone. And and you know what? He agrees with me. Because his lawyer came out in a statement a couple of days ago and said that if he could do it again, he wouldn't have gone. So you were a 17-year-old kid. You're a bit of a dummy. You shouldn't have been there. And you know it. We all know it. We all agree with it. That doesn't mean that you were legally not allowed to go there. And it doesn't mean you didn't have a right to self-defense. Right, I can have all the Big Macs I want. Yeah, so so he, he's not a hero. He's he's not a saint. We're not going to draw a picture of him as Jesus. I mean, I will say the one in one aspect that I do admire him is his amazing weapon control, and it's absurd how good it is. It, absolutely, I mean, truly brilliant. And I don't even think he had that much practice, but um, something was guiding him that night to to just give him. Uh, obscene control of of his shots and they all they all either went on target or struck nothing and his his trigger discipline on not shooting the one the one um individual who who's ended up surrendering to him and running away i mean yes split second yes. decisions and he absolutely crushed it so 
at, from an operator standpoint, I respect the the complete Chad that he was with his his safety and and professionalism when he was doling out doling out free shots to to pedophiles and granny beaters. So I do I do appreciate that. Um, but but past that, as far as his decision making goes, he's not a hero. We're we're not going to make La Pieta de Ro- Rittenhouse. You know what I'm saying? Yes. But yes. But he he absolutely had a right to self defense. And this this is where I really started to get mad, Hunter. This was the turning point where now? where huh. I was like, well, I'm, I'm saying th- there in the, the when I started seeing these tweets, when I started seeing these yeah. celebrities come out. Sure. Saying openly untrue things about the case and and just being vile and hateful. This is where this is where the tables turned for me, because I realized that after their guys had had missed layup after layup, they were going to resort to this this horrible vitriolic venomness. Mm. Uh, so I I started going mad. If you look back on my Twitter. I yes, I I kind of lost it there for I just <laughs> I saw red and I typed <laughs> I typed red. Um, anyhow, all things I stand by for the most part, as far as I can remember. Um, anyhow, <laughs> then the unthinkable happens. Binger cross examines Rittenhouse. Yes. Very dangerous. Now, you talk to most trial lawyers, and they'll tell you you don't put the defendant on the stand. Correct. It opens you up to too many potential lines of attack, and it's also very hard to give a good performance as a, as a, as the defendant, as a witness, because your entire life, in, in this case, rests on your testimony. You can ruin your life with one slip-up, you know, you, or lose the jury's favor in some way and that potentially colors the decision. It is extremely risky to put the defendant on the stand. Um, but they do. And this is the DA's big shot, right? They brought this right. case without any evidence. They had several days to make their case. They they made the defense's case for them. And now, now it's the prosecution's last best chance to... Andros's eye is just glowing orange, and all he has to do is just... Get those lasers on it. It's it's time, you know. Oh, so. saved by Fox. How swell. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's that's for you guys. I didn't know there was going to be an Andros reference in today's Dude, episode. I, yeah, that's a whole different topic, but I've been... Man, anyway. I miss that guy. I miss Andros. I miss that guy. I miss him. He was probably my dad. Andros did nothing wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Changed my mind. <laughs> Just wanted to kill the whole world. Yeah, but he didn't. That's true. So it's like it's like <laughs> maps, Hunter. Sure. I think kids are sexy. But oh, I never we're not d- talking I, about the thing you used to find like what street to go down. <laughs> <laughs> you know maps. <laughs> Google maps. Jeez, that's that acronym's not gonna pan out very well. Yeah. Yeah. Google Maps actually sounds like it could be a, a pedophilia cult. Um, no. No, it doesn't. But it could. Okay. And Google Earth, I mean, that's just Illuminati iconography all over it. A globe? Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyhow, where was yeah. I? <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, the DA is coming up to yeah, yeah, yeah. hit it's the glowing the, week. It's their last good chance. 
and, and here's what they go with. They accuse Kyle of playing Call of Duty. Yeah. Like... <laughs> It can't it can't get any more like seventies angry Republican. Why are you playing D and D, kid? Like, what are you doing, you Satan worshiper? It's also as a as a firearms so enthusiast and two A activist, there is not a single Call of Duty game, nor Battlefield game, nor any other game where you use an AR fifteen in the game. You use an M four carbine or an m16 it's a similar looking platform it's not an ar-15 why sure because an ar-15 is a civilian weapon there's no auto sear included and an m4 is not it's just f- completely foolish it, it, it's 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 a good way to prove that you know nothing about what you're talking about binger also said that there's no such thing as a left-handed gun um you're a moron sir Holy cow. Yeah, like, how little can you know? They also accused Kyle of meaning to kill how, people. How easy is that to solve with a Google search? It, it's it's unbelievable. That's, that's unscrupulous. That That isn't an intense amount of laziness. Well, And, and just viciousness, too. I mean, to be a lawyer mm. and, and say there's no such thing as a left-handed weapon, there's sure, left-handed yeah. AR-15 uppers. Like, right. you can have a left-handed AR-15 so it doesn't shoot hot brass down your shirt because right. you're firing with your cleavage out because the boogaloo is upon you, and that's what you do. I don't, I don't think that's in the handbook, but okay. I well, there's not that. a handbook, Hunter. Le- read, read one of my emails. Um, <laughs> okay. Anyhow, uh, I, I don't know if we're allowed to talk about the boogaloo anymore, but also I don't care. Uh, anyhow, the the... He, he just completely pilloried himself on his firearms knowledge. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to closing arguments because that was just ridiculous. But he, he says, isn't the point of these games like Call of Duty to use an AR-15 and kill everybody in the game? And Kyle's like, uh, no, but also it's a video game. It's not real life. So that was one of the brilliant uh, arguments oh. that he used. Um Seems like there were some other funny ones. Oh, yeah. He said that Kyle intended to kill because he used full metal jacket ammunition for his AR-15. Now, for those of you who are uninformed, an AR-15 is typically chambered in 5.56, NATO 5.56. So that's the millimeter of the width of the bullet, right? Millimeter measurement. So half a cm. It's a pretty small round. It, it's a it's a small um, rifle round. You could call it a mid-size round if you were if you were talking about you know um, rifles in general. So you can have small caliber mm-hmm. rounds that shoot like subsonic pistol rounds. Then it's like a mid-size round, and then you would have large rounds that are like three hundred eight or thirty out six or six five Creedmoor or something you know much larger. And then you've got the the hand of God, which is fifty BMG. Put a thumb in it. Um, rest easy, rest easy. Our friends over at uh, oh, what's that guy's name? Who's the guy that almost blew himself up? It wasn't Matt. I don't know. Oh, I'll, I'll. It'll be in the show notes, oh, but it won't be. I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know the individual. Anyhow, uh, th- so he, he accused Kyle of not using Full Metal Jacket. There, a couple things. He said that Full Metal Jacket 
was made to penetrate and overpenetrate so it could put bystanders at risk and that's why Kyle used it because he wanted to use he wanted to inflict as much harm as he possibly could and that if he didn't want to overpenetrate he should have used hollow points okay a couple things hollow points wow only matter in a subsonic gun are there technically hollow point two two threes or five five sixes both of which can be shot out of an AR-15 technically there are Technically, there is. Usually, though, they're just hollow in so much as they have a ballistics tip in them that help them fly a little bit straighter without any deformities, and they are not necessarily made to expand. Why? Because a hypersonic round, a round that's going faster than the speed of sound, is going to overpenetrate anyway. It doesn't matter how much it mushrooms out. Um, there are effectively no readily available hollow point rounds for for any mid-caliber rifle it's just not a reasonable thing to have a handgun shoots a subsonic round because the barrel is shorter and the the bullets are heavy and the the cartridge holds less powder and so you shoot subsonic and then a hollow point round can spread out spread out and stay in the target instead of over penetrating that's just not realistic for for these rifle rounds that are that are moving with you know you compare like a nine millimeter hollow point or jacketed hollow point round to your typical 223 you're talking about you know four times the muzzle velocity depending on barrel length and three times the foot pounds the muzzle energy in the 223 round you're just not going to stop it by making it a hollow point and, and you cannot go to any local gun store and buy a hollow point round for your 223 it's just not a thing that that is readily available could you special gotcha. order it yeah in theory you could no one does no one does so this is just completely foolish and then they come back and say bullets are not a bullet is not a bullet like he was using like you know pedo pedo seeking laser guided missiles um it is literally the most basic bullet there is also hunter funnily enough rules of engagement in war full metal jackets are the only type of ammunition allowed you're not even allowed to use right. hollow points in war because they cause right. so much soft tissue damage correct um the, a lot of the times if you're shot with a full metal jacket you might survive because it penetrates yep. in a straight line now that doesn't account for a secondary wound cavity but this is a different discussion right R- regardless right. they they pilloried themselves on their gun knowledge that was very frustrating and funny to me because you know they're trying to prey on the stupidity of of the jury and and feeding right, them right exactly incorrect in, oh, the ignorance in ignorance is a better yep, word yep um yep then we get to brass tacks and this is where stuff really started to get scary binger begins his cross examination by asking why Kyle didn't talk to the police if he was innocent Objection. Judge Schrader tells the jury to leave Knock the room. Knock it off. He tells the jury to leave. And then he absolutely savages Thomas Binger in what was, what I think we can all agree, one of Schrader's best trades. <laughs> Why did he do this, Hunter? You're a reasonably intelligent guy. Fifth Amendment. Which says what? You can't testify against yourself. You don't have to testify you, against yourself. You don't have to. You have the right not to testify against yourself. You know when you get arrested? Have you ever watched cops? And they say right. you have the, the right, right to remain, to remain silent? silent. Yeah. Yeah. So this this moron starts invoking the Miranda decision to try and paint Kyle as guilty. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yep. This is an insane violation of cons- of of Kyle's constitutional rights. Right. And we right, all right, watched right. it happen on TV. Yep. And then Schrader rents a small apartment in Binger's colon for <laughs> for the summer months. I mean, he he absolutely leveled him and he should have. But it was insane. Right. The jury comes back and he tries it again. Yep. Bizarre. Then he goes in and starts talking about the free as F picture that we mentioned earlier in the show, which the judge had ruled as not sufficiently exculpatory to be included right. in the trial. It wasn't in evidence. Being, yeah, go ahead. Right. It, it didn't have anything to do with the case at hand. Right. Right. And so trying to say Kyle was here, he had these actions, what are the reasons and circumstances that this shooting took place? Well, that has nothing to do with what he did next week or what he ate for lunch, you know, for Thanksgiving between now and then or what bar he was in wearing what shirt. Right, exactly. So so the judge ruled that out of evidence. And twice, Binger tries to go into it, even though it's not in evidence. This mm-hmm. and, and Binger is supposedly a, a practice trial attorney. So this is not a violation of Kyle's, Kyle's uh, constitutional rights, but it is a violation of his statutory rights. Right. And so Judge Schrader dismisses the jury and shrades him again. He shrades a wave. Big kahuna. Hang ten. Oh, no. Mai Tai. Tito from Rocket Power. Sure. You know, shrading stuff. (laughs) I hope it was Tito. Have we we massaged this metaphor enough? I I don't know. (laughs) Okay. I'm just wondering when when it's finally going to look at us and go, please stop, the knots are all gone, I'm just mush. <laughs> so. Anyway, it was disgusting. It was disgusting to watch. And you got to remember that the whole reason that, this, that any of the people are here in the first place is because of Binker. Right. His office, yes, right? Exactly. Yes. He's yes, the DA yes. that brought this terrible indictment and then punted his entire case. And now... What is he doing? He's violating a child's rights. Well, well, he was a man at this point, 18-year-old. Mm-hmm. He's violating mm-hmm. Kyle Rittenhouse's rights and doing it multiple times after being told not to. I mean, it was a, it was disgusting. Yes. The other the other question is was he fishing for a mistrial? Right. So, right, was this calculated? Yeah. Let's talk about that for just a for just a second interspersed by one other detail two other details then because because judge schrader jumped on binger's backside so hard and effectively started bringing a a saddle into the courtroom so he could ride him around (laughs) the the uh well the media started doing their part they started singing their song so they found two this examples. Judge is bad. Yeah, that's that song. <laughs> um, they they found out all of a sudden that Judge Schrader, who was appointed by Democrats and had always been severely pro-defendant, all of a sudden was a vicious racist, <laughs> a racialist hunter yeah. in our very midst. Of course. I mean, it makes sense. A racist. Why was he, he racist? Patri- well, he had a patriotic ringtone. 
yeah what he, it was like god bless the usa i think something along those lines yeah which as we know based on all the tiktoks of of like you know far right. here i'm gonna do a tiktok for you this is a tiktok oh, okay. this is a this is a lefty loser tiktok video you ready yes so today and this totally happened today one of my students I love my students. I'm in kindergarten. One of my students came up to me and they said, Mr. Brozlaski, Mr. Brozlaski, why do you have a Trump flag in your in your kindergarten room? Why is there a Trump flag in your classroom? And he's like, oh, heavens to Murgatroyd. It's not I. I don't have a Trump flag. I don't even like the Trump. I think he's a very bad man and a racialist. <laughs> and they go, but look, here it is. And then he holds up an American flag. Cue an American flag. He goes, oh, I guess this is the Trump flag now. It's like that same terrible energy where they're like, yeah. because he has God bless the USA, which like has nothing about killing pedophiles or in it or anything that should upset the left. I mean, did they mention killing pedophiles one time in that song, Hunter? I don't believe they did. Then why is the left so upset about it? Right. Because that's what they... Re- they hate it when pedophiles die. Because they love mm. pedophiles. Have we been clear enough on that? It's in the bylaws. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, he has this song that's just simple patriotism. And they're like, oh, haha, he's racist. That's why. Because <laughs> he's a white supremacist. Because he likes patriotism. Morons. And then there's this huge shipping crisis where... Uh, sure. Governor Catmom Newsom isn't letting any ships into Los Angeles Harbor. And he's talking about his lunch order, which is Asian food. And he goes, I hope that Asian food isn't out on the Harbor. And CNN has all these pearl clutching, uh, these pearl clutching yellow people on. Is that, is that the PC people of yellow pox of, I'm sure that is not correct. Okay. Well, it doesn't matter. They're not getting into Harvard anyway. Um, oh my so Lord. anyway, the he they have all these people on to say that's super racist to say oh, what a racist thing to say you said asian sure. food clearly you're talking about bat wing soup from the coronavirus oh, no and it's pearl clutching ninnies i mean it was just it was just absolutely disgusting so they decided drudge schrader was a racist and this was a real weird turning point in the trial hunter because now you had the defense botched their, or the prosecution botched their case. Mm. They tried to cross-examine Rittenhouse, and he he absolutely saber Perry pirouette reposted them. It is video game. <laughs> Sorry, it's too bad this isn't video. Um, yeah, <laughs> and then and then the media goes into full swing, right? So you had the Twitterazzi come out. After the crocodile tears, quote unquote, and then you had the media come in and start trying to poke holes and say Judge Schrader's a racist and all this stuff. The judge mentioned, uh, not in front of the jury, that he had he had he could paper the walls with his death threats. I mean, just just insane Absurd. stuff. At the same time that this was happening, it became clear that the the. BLM movement, Jacob Blake's cousin or something, or brother, um, and some other very bad people were going to try and hurt the jury. 
they said so openly on social media. In fact, Hmm. one member of the press was found to be following from MSNBC was found to be following the jury van and had his, had his information basically deleted. But in another event, an unknown individual was accosted filming jurors walking into the court building. And there was there was people saying that they were going to, you know, go to war if they didn't get the right verdict. There was protesters outside the courthouse making their, their voices heard. Very, very disturbing stuff. So the media jumps into action and the protesters jump into action right along party lines when stuff looks very bad for the prosecution. Um, this all causes the defense to file a motion. Tell them about the motion while I take a drink of water. Um, I they filed for a mistrial, um, and they did so based on video footage, uh, which this was kind of hard to follow and got really in the weeds, um, because it it doesn't really seem like okay. So to make it simple, the prosecution asked for a video file... I'm sorry, the defense asked for a video file from the prosecution that was originally in the uh, previous defense attorney's possession. And the video was drone footage of some of of Kyle's uh, shootings. And the defense said, we were given a file that was of lesser quality than what was shown in the courtroom. Um, this changes how we would have seen a lot of things. Um and the prosecution said, no, this is a software glitch. We sent you the correct file. Outlook did something. And there was no expert witness on hand to basically determine the veracity of all that. Um, all the things that were mentioned, you know, the file name being changed, the date uh, that it was saved, all the metadata around it could have theoretically happened. So nothing was really conclusive there. The other part of it that is just kind of strange is it's not really clear how to have impacted the jury since the jury saw the fully high-res footage this really seems like it was just a um the defense would have prepared their arguments differently had they had had the high quality footage so i I, I want to make one thing clear hunter that was only one of the points brought up on the motion for a mistrial with prejudice that's literally the only one i've only heard okay that was the one that was added at the end when when they after closing arguments but if you read through that motion document, it includes Binger bringing up information out of evidence and talking about his post-arrest silence. Never heard that. So, yeah. And also, um, it makes mention of the, the pressure on the jury. So if you read that whole document, you're not, you're not wrong. That was an addendum, effectively, to their motion. But huh. their motion had several points. Um but it's great that you bring that up because that's exactly where we want to go. I just wanted to make sure that folks were following along the okay. the thread there because it's very – it is important that the defense said this isn't fair. Um, you can't bring up my clients they, – they had many reasons. But you can't bring up my clients post-arrest silence. We need a mistrial huh. with prejudice. That's the first time that they filed. Interesting. And then they kind of kept adding to it as Binger kept being an idiot. Um, 
Yeah, I, I heard people specifically talk about the motion to trial, and they never mentioned any of the points you brought up. They just talked about the last one, which you would think would be the least consequential. But this, this is helpful. This is one of the things that it's very hard to look up now, so I don't blame you for it. This is one of the sure. reasons that it was useful for me to watch it as we were going because I I heard them live go for this motion. That's the thing is I heard this from like live journals who were in the courtroom. It, it was exact it, statement I just but made. But that mo- that was on the last day. I'm talking about like 3 days before that. Um 3 Weird. 3 days before that is the first time that. that they that they filed that motion. And Schrader said he was holding on to it that he hadn't ruled on it yet. Then there was another motion which was effectively an addendum to that, which is where you heard him at the end say, "I just got this yesterday. I haven't had time to read it yet. It's not strange that I haven't ruled on it." So there's there is multiple motions there. Very strange. I don't know how that didn't get reported in the news site I yeah, was Yeah, and, and well following, but Well, for one, it didn't get reported much anywhere. Um Yeah. But but yeah, that is, that is the case. Here's here's where I think Schrader makes his huge gambit. And and a lot of people were worried. Like I was watching Michael Knowles and he was saying, I'm worried about this judge. You know, he, he did, he did slap the prosecutor on the wrist, but he violated Kyle's constitutional rights. And now he's not giving the mistrial. Yeah. This was starting to be the conversation you were hearing in conservative media the day before the verdict was given. Right. Right. Um, I think Schrader is very accomplished. I think he knows the inside of a courtroom. I think he made the world's most brilliant gambit. I think Schrader knew exactly what he was doing when he didn't grant that mistrial. Um, and it turns out at the end, he did. Very interesting. We'll get to that. We go to closing arguments, and we're, and we're, we're getting to the tail end of this now. We go to closing arguments, and closing arguments are interesting. Because Mark Richards basically repeated his case and poked holes in the prosecution. The prosecution, on the other hand, completely changed their case. They were using this new piece of video footage that Hunter's discussing, mm-hmm. which they digitally enhanced, um, to try and make the argument that Kyle had pointed his gun at Zeminski before the shooting of Rosenbaum. It's not true. What it actually was showing was the rearview mirror on a car that looked a little bit like a gun. But if you stitch it together <laughs> with the other video, it was basically arguing, and Crowder did a great a great rundown on this, actually, that what they were claiming is that Kyle ran up, put a, um, a fire extinguisher down with his left hand, then went from one-hand sling grip on the right side to a left-handed, left-shoulder-mounted point, and then returned to right-handed low ready and under a second it's just not reasonable that it actually happened it's an artifact because they were trying to blow up such a tiny portion of a of a video gotcha. uh, which is why that part became so contentious about that also hunter i'll tell you another interesting thing that the internet sleuthed out which was very interesting that file that had the different file name that was sent to the yep. prosecution and it didn't have the original yep. drone tag the yep. individual um the attorney uh, Jabba Kraus, he said he wouldn't even know how that happened or how to do that. I don't know if you noticed this, but he had Handbrake installed on his computer. Handbrake is specific. Okay, well, it's a fi- it's a program specifically for compressing video files and changing aspect ratios. 
it was literally installed on his computer and he showed the program in the evidence folder that he was using on live TV. Oh wow. Yeah, so not a that's not absurd. a good look. I, I, of course that's yeah. that's just circumstantial, but not a good sure. not a good look at all. Especially sure. from a sure. prosecution team that has been so shady in the past. And they were sure. using that to change and this is why this is also relevant because their an argument entirely changed in closing. They changed it to provocation. Not that Kyle didn't exhaust every avenue to act in self-defense. But now this entirely new word entered the arena that Kyle provoked. So sure, he might have acted in legal self-defense, but he provoked the attack since that makes you forfeit your self-defense behaviors. Totally different argument. It didn't work. Another thing here, and this was just the icing on the Thomas Binger is a, a moron cake, is he took Kyle's AR, had a yeah, detective is... had a detective check the barrel, um, or uh, check the chamber to make sure it was empty. Did not check it himself, which is basic firearm safety, and then he violated all four rules of basic firearm safety at once. Which the four basic rules for those of you who don't know are: treat every gun if it's loaded, never point a gun at anything you're not willing to destroy. Keep your booger hook off the bang switch until you're ready to blast and know your target and know it's behind the target. He literally wrapped his finger around the, the trigger well, pointed it at the jury, and waved the, and, and flagged the entire room. It was absolutely insane. Um, yeah. Mark, Ri- Mark Richards then also used the gun to disprove what, what Tom, uh, Tom Binger had just said, and he kept the gun at low ready like a responsible human being. Um, anyhow... It's it just absurd. totally absurd. Absurd trial. Absurd absurd DA. This guy is, I mean, he's a moron. On top of, of violating Kyle's rights. And and some could rightfully argue, potential, potentially rightfully argue, or or at least rightfully, rightfully believe that he was aiming for a mistrial himself, that he knew he did such a bad job in his in his prosecution uh, when he rested his case that he was started violating rights left and right to... to um, to, to get a mistrial so he could have another bite at the apple. Because if you just have right. a mistrial, the state can refile. But if it's a mistrial with prejudice, then the charges have to be dropped. Okay, here's right. Schroeder's gambit, Schrader's gambit. He had his finger on the pulse. He knew which way the wind was blowing in the room. He knew that the jury was sufficiently isolated and sufficiently protected. The jury read the verdict, not guilty. Kyle cried again. Looked exactly like the time he cried the first time, by the way. Yes. Um, And I cried too, a little bit, when it happened. Um, And then, and a lot of newscasters cut away from this. It was only if you were watching the actual live stream of the courtroom. After it, he says anything from the defense. Schrader does. And they said, uh, nope, that's the right verdict anything from the state and Thomas Binger says well the jury's ruled then Schrader said I'll move or I'll I'm sorry I'll rule on the motion from the defense and this is the motion to to um grant a mistrial mistrial he said all charges are dismissed with prejudice anything else and he leaves the stand this is Schrader's gambit I think And, and this is this is one thing that really impressed me with him as a judge Sure. I think he was always going to grant the mistrial. 
I think he knew that Thomas Binger had crossed the line. This mistrial with prejudice actually opens, um, it legally could open Thomas Binger up to some retaliation, potentially disbarment, um, because it's basically a huge piece of evidence that this judge basically said he acted so disrespectfully in the courtroom that, and, and with so low ethical and procedural standard that perhaps he shouldn't, he shouldn't have been in the courtroom in the first place. Right. But he let the jury come back with the verdict first. Can you imagine what the media would be right now if about this judge who was already getting painted a racist and people were believing that the trial was unfair if he had just said, nope, I don't care what the jury has to say? And right. he very well could yeah. have done it even after they read their verdict. Um, right. Kyle would have definitely had an appeal at a minimum. But he granted the motion afterward. I think I've got a lot of respect for that move. I'll just put it that way. I think it was a very heads-up decision by him. To, to know which way the wind was blowing, know that justice was going to be served, and then smoke Thomas Binger afterward. I think that was really yep. smart. So props to Schrader yep. for that. Yep. Um, yeah, no doubt. Um, oh, shoot. There was one. Oh, there was that one comment in the closing that I just wanted to bring up yeah. where um, I can't remember which defense attorney it was, but basically called Kyle a coward for res- – <laughs> reverting to using the AR instead of using his fist to fight. And that was literally his language. Like he didn't use his fist because he was a coward. It's just like, all right, I guess that's the world we want to live in. Yeah. Is where, you know, you can be attacked and then you have to risk life and limb or be called a coward. It's like, no, you have the full right to defend yourself in the most efficient methods possible. If someone wants to hurt your person, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, that that was uh james kraus also known as job of the hut um he was talking he was poo-pooing the idea that a skateboard could be a deadly weapon and i'm like that is absurd i'm like dude let me take one crack at the back of your fat flabby neck with a skateboard put your head on the put your head on the pavement and let me get one yeah and tell me it's not a deadly weapon i mean that's freaking insane and the idea he he literally said the phrase everybody takes a beating sometimes and you know what? Agreed. Makes no sense. one proved that more than the Kenosha State District Attorney's Office in this trial. Everybody does take a beating sometimes, I suppose. Um, they yeah. they certainly took one. So this is the absurd stuff we saw with the Rayshard Brooks where it's like a taser isn't a deadly weapon. Oh, really? Yeah. Right? Well, what happens after the taser is Exactly. And what happens after right. I knock you out with a skateboard? Am I just going right. to leave exactly. you? You just got hit in the right. head with a rock. You got jump kicked. You got hit by a skateboard and someone tried to take your gun. What happens afterward? These people right. these people have no common sense when right. it opposes the narrative. And this yep. This is where we need to switch topics a little bit, Hunter, because great. We got the right verdict. Justice is served. Kyle was found innocent and he didn't do anything wrong. If he's guilty of anything, it's of being a dumb kid and showing up being, you know, helpful where he probably shouldn't have been. You know, discretion would have been the better part of valor here. Mm-hmm. That being said, he did nothing wrong in the shooting of Rosenbaum. And I'll I'll just tell you this. Um, I I tweeted this out. You love it when a story has a good ending, and a dead pedophile doesn't hurt either. It's weird to watch the the left absolutely immortalize and and grant sainthood to this disgusting wreck of a human being who dated single women specifically so he could go home and sodomize their their underage children 
It is disgusting how that he's being treated like a hero. In fact, Thomas Binger in his closing statement called him a hero. And Huber, who who beat the crap out of his own grandmother. And you know what? I don't I have a hard time caring that people like that are dead. And you know what? You might say I'm uncaring. I've been very consistent about this. I've been very consistent about this. This is not an ideological game. Uh, what was the broad's name who got plugged in on Jan 6? Uh, I'm not going to remember right now. I don't remember. Go back and listen to our episode. I, we were not kind. <laughs> she deserves to be dead. She broke the law. She was trying to climb in a window in a place where she wasn't supposed to be in front of the Secret Service. I, I, that's suicide by cop. I do not feel bad that she is dead. She is exactly where she is supposed to be. It's a tragedy that she made those decisions, but it's not a tragedy that she got shot for them. That is the opposite reaction to her actions. And you go back and listen to that show. I have no partisan love for people who, who play stupid and find out. You know what right. I'm saying? Yep. Rosenbaum should have been dead a long time ago. Thank God there's one less pedophile on the earth today. Huber, suicide suicide by 17-year-old, dude. You don't attack a 17-year-old with a skateboard and try and take his gun. Play stupid games, you win a bullet through your chest. And Grosskreutz is a liar. Grosskreutz gets on national TV and impugns the character of a 17-year-old kid who he tried to execute in cold blood. He's an Antifa thug. He's got connect, deep connections to Rose City Antifa. He's, he is a disgusting human being as far as I'm concerned. And I'm glad that he's having to le- learn to tie his shoes and wipe with his left hand today because you don't get to attempt to execute a child in the street. You get what's coming to you. You get what's coming to you. And I hope they all found forgiveness in the end. And I, I don't wish... I, I don't wish anything on their souls, but I am I am glad that Rosenbaum's not here anymore to prey on little kids. Hmm. And I think Huber got... I think he's just like... Was it Katie? Why do I think it was Katie? I think Huber's just like the Jan 6 girl. Oh, I don't think it's Katie. You play stupid games, you get win stupid prizes. I'm not going to remember. And, and, and Grosskreutz? You got... Ashley Babbitt. Ashley Babbitt, that's right. Grosskreutz, you got lucky. You got off easy, dude. You didn't get as bad as you were about to give. And you're a liar and a coward. I'll say that. Justice was served, even if just barely. And self-defense is still legal, even if just barely. And there's reasons to be concerned. And I think think you should study the facts of this case, especially if you plan on defending yourself in the future. Watch what, watch what, what, Kyle Rittenhouse did watch the control he had watch the proficiency he displayed even if he hadn't practiced enough to achieve that proficiency you had better have that proficiency before you go and try and protect yourself with a weapon he he displayed great proficiency very good decision making in the moment and and you should you should be familiar with the facts of this case if you're the type of person that believes in the second amendment and plans on defending yourself it's essential that you do let's talk about what's happened afterward the media continues to lie. The narrative hasn't changed. In fact, it's gotten more extreme. You have uh, people coming out on the major networks uh, saying that this is just proof that what's legal for white people in America isn't legal for black people. It's interesting that they do this simultaneously as they ignore the Ahmed Arbery shooting. 
Yeah. You know, it almost seems it almost seems like they have to pick the controversial cases because yes. if they picked Ahmed Aubrey, we'd all agree and they would have nothing to drive the narrative with. And let's be clear yes. about what the narrative is. The narrative is that there is a vast swath of this country that believes black and black adjacent rioters should should be gunned down in the street because they have their they are not their lives are of no value. Their black lives don't matter. That's the narrative. It's not true. I haven't met a single conservative that's watched the Ahmed Aubrey tape and said anything other than the that uh, anything other than manslaughter at a minimum. And and probably murder. I think they'll probably get convicted of worse than manslaughter. There's some legal legal tests that they have to pass, but we'll see. Right. And and nobody's defending these people. Nobody is. But the le- the left doesn't report it. They don't care. Why? Because if we all agreed, then the narrative would go nowhere. The narrative is that you're a racist for disagreeing. That's the reason they chose the Kyle Rittenhouse case. And this is why it's so scary to me. The media, which is a state actor at this point, and the federal and state government colluded together to railroad Kyle Rittenhouse to sacrifice him on the pagan altar of the woke cult of Baal. Kenosha was burning for three nights when Kyle Rittenhouse took to the streets. Started out by cleaning graffiti and doing EMT work. He was CPR certified. He was a lifeguard. He wasn't a fully-fledged EMT. The government stood down. The police did nothing. The government told the police to stand down. Both the state and federal police, meaning the FBI, were there in Kenosha that night, and they weren't doing a damn thing. They let the city burn. They let businesses and livelihoods be destroyed. They let violence reign supreme. And I'm not saying that Kyle should have been there, but who's surprised that violence happened? Not me. When the legal authority on violence, e.g. the government and law enforcement, refuse to enact their power to maintain peace, who's surprised that individuals take it into their own hands? They created this problem. They created this pressure cooker. And the only natural thing that could, re- could come as a result did. Kyle wasn't even the first one to shoot that night. He's just the first person to hit, as far as we know. Then 48 hours later, before the evidence is in, before the FBI has made available their drone footage, federal police, federal government, the state government, the district attorney of Kenosha, decides they're going to indict Kyle Rittenhouse. And they drag him into the show trial where they didn't have a case and it was clear from the beginning. And then they violate his rights. Twice they violate his constitutional rights and twice they violate his statutory rights. 
the state government, the same office. They played, they played judge and jury. And luckily, they didn't have the opportunity to play executioner. Because our, our, our legal justice system held together, albeit mildly. And then, and then, after the trial's over, the President of the United States releases a statement that he's deeply saddened and disturbed by the verdict. This is a story of a kid who is at the wrong place at the right time, acted completely within the parameters of the law and was railroaded at every turn from the creation of the event to the indictment to the violation of his rights at the trial to the aftermath of the verdict by the federal and state government. That's dystopian. That's Orwellian. The facts don't matter. The legal justice system doesn't matter. The institutions don't matter. What matters is the narrative, and we'll sacrifice 17-year-old kids on the altar if it's useful for us. I don't know if that scares any of you, but it should. It should scare you that we have a federal government and state governments and an oligarchic executive branch system that can bring this power down to bear on any given individual. It should scare you. you. In a lot of instances, what this looks like is it's the will to power. um, Being enacted by a group's ideology. You know, they want to interpret the world in a certain way. They want you to believe certain things um, because, or perhaps they actually believe themselves because either the threat fictional the fictional threat appears so great that it must be dealt with by any means necessary or there's much hay to be made by preaching to it um and so you see people using it for the political capital that you can gain from an event like this you know, the DA's an elected position and everything like that. Who wouldn't want to be tied to the person that put Kyle Rittenhouse away, the racist, right? And all that. And you think about times in communist Russia, in Nazi Germany, when similar arrangements were made with the people associated in those regimes, where they're essentially a vision of the state or the government or anything like that, that allowed a certain amount of power to be enacted and a vision put forward. And undoubtedly, there's a voice that comes out in all of those later than one would hope, but it's the voice of truth, right? It's Alexander Solzhenitsyn. It's the allies storming Normandy, right? It's the jury in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. And the one thing that is comforting in America is the thing that we see played out in these dictatorships, the thing that the people who survived them, that saw the end of them, that saw what they were, is they said, you know why this happened? 
people lied. We all decided to lie. We all thought it was a good idea to stop speaking the truth and to get by and to bow our heads and maybe it just wouldn't get me, right? Well, not everyone, but a sizable contingent continue to say, no, what I see with my own eyes and what's presented to me in this, in this courtroom, that's what I'll take and I'll see what happened there and I'll evaluate it based on the laws of the land, based on individual human dignity, right? That's divine. And that will be how I make my decisions and not based on how I want to oppress or put forward a narrative or defend people that I think are oppressed by my ideology, right? And that is one thing that gives me hope in all of this is that it doesn't seem, you could see events like this in the surrounding narrative and, and everything like that and say, you know what, look at America, she's on the brink. And I would say something like this, America is on the brink and its people still speak true. Well said. Well said, and I agree. I agree. So so instead of instead of a fear that paralyzes, it should be a call to arms. It's it's unacceptable now to not speak the truth. Because to your point, Hunter, the only thing required for evil to flourish is for good men to do nothing. And you invoked Solzhenitsyn and by Bad the way. Man. I would encourage everyone to go read from volume one of the Gulag Archipelago. There's three chapters that, that I think are very relevant here. Read The Law as a Child, The Law Becomes Man, and The Law Matures. It talks about the show trials and, and the prosecutors that, that uh, Russia was using, the USSR was using um, in the you know, 1917 through 1940-esque. Through and the laws that were enacted and the laws that changed and the way that prosecutors bent the law and violated rights, etc. Um, I couldn't help while watching the trial to think about those chapters. And you're right. Hunter, you're right. It didn't happen here. And thank God for that jury. Thank God for a jury that, that voted with the facts, that decided with the truth and not with the fear and not with the risk to their family, their lives, their status. They spoke the truth. It's exactly right. And insightful for you to point out. Thank God for them. But, but if we stop, if we yes. stop, we are those three chapters of the Gulag Archipelago. And Alexander Solzhenitsyn said, "The line that divides between good and evil runs through the heart of every man. That includes you and me and everybody within the sound of my voice and everybody who's not. We have to make the decision to speak the truth. And this should be a wake-up call. This should be a wake-up call." of how close we are to the brink. Thank God it worked out for this to, for us this time. That is absolutely not a reason to be complacent. It's why you have to speak the truth. It's why we do this, sh we do this show. Listen to our very first episode. It's why we're here. We hope it's why you're here. And welcome back to Carl Pulling Season 3. Um, have a have a drink for Kyle Rittenhouse. Pour one out for your homies. Uh, there's a Kyle Rittenhouse, a special Kyle Rittenhouse shot. This is this is come thanks from Brandon Herrera, uh, the AK guy over on YouTube. It's a chaser followed by three shots. Uh, so enjoy <laughs> enjoy that if you imbibe. Thanks for coming back and hanging out with us. Welcome to season three. We're gonna have a big season, arbitrary, uh, but we're gonna keep speaking the truth over here because it's never 
ever been more important than it is right now. Hunter, anything to leave the lovely people with? Uh, yeah, it's time for us to introduce our new slogan at the end of the show, which of course is our old slogan, Get Tested. (laughs) 